0: Welcome to the West of North London podcast, where we sit down each and every week to attempt to answer your big Arsenal questions. I'm Caleb. And I'm Tim. Howdy, Tim. How are you?
1: Uh, you know, uh, other than Arsenal, doing pretty well. I'm uh, <laughs> we had a, a nice little snowfall up here in Bellingham, which was fun to 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 see and watch. We might even get a white Christmas. Um, yeah. But Other than that, nothing much. How about you?
0: I, yeah, I'm I'm excited about Christmas. Like, it's it's like the only highlight this week. I mean, not that Christmas is ever, um, I don't know. I I just feel like usually there's like Arsenal to be excited about or, you know, other things that are going on. right now I'm just squarely focused on Christmas because like (laughs) everything else is failing me. Yeah, usually I'm
1: uh down in San Diego visiting my mom and uh I get so excited about the Boxing Day fixtures because it kind of shakes up the whole family routine. Mm-hmm. I get, usually watch it with my brother who's you know got me into Arsenal and it's it's a it's a fun tradition, and for obvious reasons this year that's not happening, and I'm again not that excited <laughs> about watching the Boxing Day game. I'm gonna, but I'm not excited about it.
0: Yeah, like I, I think I'm <sighs> I, on on Saturday, it was like the first time, and, and you know we Arsenal's had crazy ups and downs since we started this podcast, and just over the last couple seasons, uh, it's been pretty rough. Um, but I think after Saturday Saturday's game, I just hit the worst funk after the game, and I could not shake it. And I I've I've had sports related depression, you know, after a loss <laughs> before, but this one just felt like worse because I just felt like such despair. I mm-hmm. I, it's really, I think Arsenal is not being done any favors by having every single Arsenal fan have nothing else to do, but focus and nitpick about Arsenal. Like I usually there's things to take your mind off of it, but when you, when it's like the main thing you look forward to on the weekend or whenever they're playing, And it's just such a heartbreak week after week. Like It just gets hard to shake it off.
1: Yeah, I was trying to think of when I was more depressed as being an Arsenal fan than I am right now. And I go back to the Champions League final against Barcelona, and I remember Mm -hmm. watching that live at the Georgian Dragon in Seattle and just being absolutely crestfallen after that game. And I remember trying to avoid seeing the highlights so i went to a bar that i didn't think had tv browers in fremont and of course they had tvs with the replay of the game on after i would figured that or after i'd ordered so i had to sit and that was probably my worst moment as an arsenal fan but at least we were in a final it was a good run it was you know there was some positives to take out of it here it's just like i feel very flatlined you know like it's just bad at a very <laughs> stable level i guess
0: yeah, like it, when you can't see where the joy is going to come from, it's it's a it's a challenge. Like when when it's never ending like this.
1: Exactly, but to uh, take the edge off of that, what are you drinking there, Caleb?
0: <laughs> uh, tonight, I I went for whatever I had available, <laughs> and mm-hmm. so I'm drinking a a Tito's and root beer, which is Ooh. fantastic.
1: You know, I think mixing with root beer is way underrated.
0: I think so too. It covers up a lot of stuff.
1: Yeah, exactly. I, I, I've I've done a couple vodka root beers when the the need has come, and I I, I can't say I don't like it.
0: Vodka I, I, vodka's pretty good with with a lot of sodas. I mean, you can pretty much do anything with vodka, but root beer like you can't. I can't taste any difference. It just tastes like root beer. <laughs> well, that's a good thing. Uh, how about you? What do you got this week?
1: Uh well my uh, in law like uh my girlfriend's brother and sister in law got me a Boundary Bay beer advent calendar which oh is nice cool. so it's basically like a twelve pack box. It's like, they're calling it the twelve days of Christmas and you're supposed to just kind of punch into one of the holes each day and get a new beer so cool. yeah I'm I'm doing the amber ale by Boundary Bay which uh it's pretty good actually I'm not generally a big amber fan I'm I'm much more towards the hoppy than the malty usually Mm, in mm my scale of things. But this actually is surprisingly good. I'm, I'm, I would definitely purchase it again. I mean, Boundary Bay is one of the old timey, uh, craft brewery. They've been around for 25 years. So they, they do know what they're doing. (laughs) And right.
0: So is that, does there, is there a specific order or is it just you choose they just give you Um, 12 beers?
1: I'm just, I just choose like it's, it's, a box that's just wrapped in uh in griff paper so i kind of guess where the hole is and just reach in
0: okay (laughs) i didn't know Um, if there was any thought behind the order of the beers or anything like that
1: yeah and i'm a little behind on the uh (laughs) the days because i didn't get it 12 days out from christmas so i feel like i can have maybe two a day or something like that
0: yeah you got to catch up exactly well that sounds awesome i i i need to get into these um Adult advent calendars.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd I'd heard of the whiskey one before, which yeah. is something I want to do at some point in my life. But I, never, I, I thought this was really clever with the beer because it doesn't take much. Actually, it's just a you know twelve ca- uh, pack for a bottle for bottles that's wrapped in gift paper with just different beers in it.
0: Yeah, I'm into that. I I feel like advent calendar. It, it's something I forget about every year until it's like too close to Christmas, and I'm like, yeah, it's too late. Yeah, (laughs) need to like start remembering in like November. Maybe Thanksgiving would tip me off, but no, I just procrastinate and pretend Christmas isn't just around the corner.
1: Yeah. You know, I used to, because I worked in retail for so long, I try and push off the Christmas holiday as long as possible. Because, you know, when you work in retail, Christmas happens, you know, (laughs) the day, (laughs) day after Thanksgiving and it's almost too much. So I tend to procrastinate till it's almost too late myself.
0: Yeah. I... Definitely did that for gifts this year, but you know we're we're almost we're, we almost have everything wrapped and in, in in our possession. So
1: the uh, UPS just, or,
0: UPS won't hold us down this year.
1: <laughs> I uh, definitely am waiting for some presents that are probably not going to arrive in time, and we did a big batch shipment of uh, presents to friends and family that's definitely not going to make it on time. So it's going to be more of a spread out celebrated period, I think.
0: I'm okay with that. I I like it when I get birthday presents or Christmas presents after the date because it just extends things just that much longer.
1: Exactly. Well, speaking of presents, that kind of rolls right onto my, my question of the week, which is if you could give anyone related to Arsenal a Christmas present, and I'm and I'm talking an actual present that you could possibly give. You could wrap up and put it under the tree. I'm not saying like the uh, <laughs> a better defender or something like that. I'm talking about like <laughs> an actual present, feasible present. Mm-hmm. Uh, who would you give it to, and what would you give them?
0: <laughs> I okay. I this is this is just popped into my head, so I'm gonna just blurt it out. I'm I'm gonna buy a joint. For Arteta, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just feel like he could just stand to get out of his own way a little bit at this point. Like, just stop trying so hard, stop overthinking this. Just re- relax and and let your mind wander a little bit, and I think the solutions will start to come. I just think he's it, something's not clicking, and maybe he just needs to relax and get out of his own way.
1: Yeah, you know. That sounds like the perfect gift. I was trying to figure out something to give Arteta because I think he needs to be like kind of comforted and held a little bit in some ways. Because I think he, he's definitely learning the managerial trade at a very rough time.
0: I think <laughs> like the loving embrace of marijuana, right? <laughs>
1: <Exactly>. <laughs> I was my 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 thing was I think I was going to give. In right, a puppy. Cause I think watching that on YouTube, like the interaction between in right and a brand new puppy would make me feel so much happier in life and make me feel positive about Arsenal, which is hard to come by right now.
0: I'd, I'd watch a YouTube series of him just reviewing Arsenal games while playing with a dog.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Cause you can't be too mad when you have a puppy.
0: Right. It would just distract from all the pain. Yeah, exactly. All right. So speaking of all the pain, <laughs> should we roll into, well, this week we, we're putting a lot of focus on uh, your questions because I don't know about you, Tim. I, I, I'm running out of things to say about our still losing.
1: You know, it's it's funny. Like I have a, a good buddy who actually works at uh, Hellbent Brewing. And so we were kind of watching the Everton, and he's an Evertonian fan or an Everton fan. And so we were kind of watching the game together over chat. And friendly, you know, ribbing and all, all that. But I, as soon as we uh, went down, I told them the exact script of the the game. I'm and I, I'm like, I know exactly what's going to happen now. We're not going to score a second goal. We may score a goal. We have no possession in the midfield. So it's yeah, but it's the same thing I've been saying. I, I feel for like the last ten episodes.
0: Yeah, I. <laughs> it's been a lot. I mean the outside of europa league victories we've had just so little to talk about as far as positives since man united i mean that was back at the beginning of november and really i i was looking at um arsenal's uh run of form here and they've not they haven't scored more than one goal in any game outside of europa league since back back in beginning of October when we play beat Sheffield two to one. I mean, they just cannot like if they go down more than a goal, it's over. It's yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know how else to put it. it like it's so de- deflating to try to watch this team. It, like succumb to early goals like they did today, like two minutes in they, they are down to Man City. Like I, I had to do a double take cause I was just getting it turned, turned on and, getting set up and we're already down i'm just like well what the, how how am i how am i supposed to even get remotely excited about that i i just it's so frustrating and it, it, it's so predictable too like i could have written that everton script like of course yeah. it was going to happen that way
1: no i think that's the hard part is i don't it's funny i take a very philosophical view when it comes to losing like obviously i don't like losing but often i'm I'm willing to like take a breath and go, all right, we lost. Let's look at what's went wrong and move forward and go on. But right now it's it's so hard to watch the games because there's no nothing exciting. At least if we we're losing three, four, we get a couple goals in. You could have a little blip of joy. And it almost seems like our goals we score are fairly joyless as well, you know?
0: Yeah. I have like this morbid curiosity, and it's like I think it's why I keep Eagerly watching games because I'm I, like I'm dying to see how Arsenal gets out of this. Like it's it's like a train wreck situation where I I can't look away. I, I have, I'm like waiting for something to click or completely fall apart. And they're kind of just teetering. Like I just feel like it could go either way at, at any game. Like outside of today's game against Man City, they haven't really been blown out yet. And so I was just thinking, man, they're just staying in these games. It's so close. Like one of these games is going to break their way. And I, I don't know if today is a, a, an indication that things are getting worse because it was left in the hands of a pretty poor goalkeeping decision, I think. Yeah. Um, and we can, we can talk more about that if we want to. But the, really, I, I outside of this, Arsenal have been in games. Like they've had chances. They aren't making a ton of chances, but they've had opportunities to come back and be in games. And and they, for some reason, I just see them c- consistently making the wrong choice, like stepping on a ball when they should be moving forward, or just making the wrong pass or shorting the pass, hitting the ball too long. It's just not clicking. And I, I can kind of see what Arteta is seeing. It's like there's so many almosts. It's unbelievable, mm-hmm. but not almost. I think the disconnect is Arteta seeing almost and thinking, oh, we're doing good. And the fans are seeing no shots on goal or very little as far as actual dangerous threats on goal and going, what the heck is Arteta talking about? But I think Arteta is just seeing all these small victories or small losses in the buildup and thinking, oh, man, we've, we're just almost there. But I think there's a long way to go between what he's seeing and actually scoring goals.
1: Yeah. And I think that's the issue is the premier league is a league of fine margins, you know, and I think we are on the back end of those fine margins all the time. And you have to start wondering if you're constantly almost there, what's, (laughs) what is the issue with not being all the way there, you know? And
0: And that's what, but that's what I think like the, uh, it, 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 He's kind of right in the sense that like, it's so close that if you get even like one or two goals to go in, the attitude, the belief comes flooding back and then a lot more of those close things start going your way. I I really do think like that confidence, that lack of, lack of confidence and lack of belief is the difference in that little bit of push, that little bit of accuracy. What, you know, I get what Arteta is trying to get at. It's just a real tough sell with how they've been playing.
1: And just, and how they look and you talk about confidence and, you know, I've been watching soccer for a long while and my team in Sweden got relegated, uh, five times in a row. So I, <laughs> I, I know what relegation looks like. And right now, and I'm not trying to alarm, raise alarm bells. We sort of, you know, have a a, a decent distance from the relegation zone ish, but we, As just as far as the way the players look and the mentality, it looks like a relegation team. You know what I mean? You have a team that just has zero confidence and doesn't believe in itself at all.
0: Yeah, and there's been some rumors that Arsenal are preparing for the possibility of being relegated, which is just mind boggling to me. Like, I I, if you feel like you're going to be relegated, you don't prepare to be relegated. You prepare to go into January guns blazing and figure out how to get your team out of this, like. As owners of of a Premier League team, you should understand what's at stake. This team is going to have to get blown up if they get relegated. You will... It, just look at Leeds. I think everybody keeps mentioning Arsenal in the same breath as Leeds because it can get away from you very quickly and it is hard, very hard to climb your way out of that funk. And it is not for the weak of heart. I don't think the Cronkies are built for, for relegation. Quite honestly, no, don't. they don't have what it takes to get out of it.
1: And and you know, I, I'm sure the Cronkies are intelligent-ish people. I'm sure they under, understand what what it, that you know, soccer in England is different than American football. But if you look how the Cronkies run their their franchises in the U.S., like the Rams, it took they they were very willing to let that team languish and suffer and not invest in it for a long time. And I think these issues that are popping up right now aren't from this year. You know what I mean? Right. These are things that have been festering and growing. I mean, really, since the Kronkies took full control of the team many, many years ago. I forget how many years ago that was, but and so that's my 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 biggest fear is that the Kronkies are unwilling or un. able to understand what what's going on right now at the club
0: yeah i it's it's scary to think of things going in that direction i'm not a believer that we're going to get relegated or get down that far where we have to worry about it but how, how long i keep asking myself like how long until i do believe that how long until I stop leaving in the Arteta project? Like, how long do I keep watching every game? Um and I, I to be honest, if I didn't have the podcast, I don't know if I would watch every game. Like I it really I I go out of my way to try to see at least ninety-five percent of Arsenal games at, at this moment. And I don't I can't even imagine being that close if um If I had a choice, I guess. Yeah. Yeah.
1: No, I, I, I totally hear It's just, it, it, it's almost like torture. And I, you know, I actually turned off the, the Man City game after the fourth goal went in. I'm just like, I, I don't care what happens anymore after this point. I, I, I have better things to do. I went and watched a movie with my girlfriend, like, (laughs) i'd much rather be doing that than just watching this the the thing and i'm really the the thing i'm struggling with as i mentioned before is i'm trying to be positive not trying to just wallow in 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 depression and in anger and vitriol because i think we all need this the the positivity it's just it's it's really hard right now it's 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 hard to find (laughs) find something to hold on to right now
0: yeah, I will say like um, there are players I can be positive about. Positive about there's some small plays and and shows of determination and and uh, actual energy in the team that I can get excited about, but they're so fleeting and 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 far between. Really, it's like I I do think like those little moments are strung along are strung together by belief and confidence. And those things are so far from this team. Um, I really don't know how you replace that artificially. Like it's, it's just, it's not something that can happen truly without some success, without some um, glimmer of hope. And that comes with scoring goals. It just what we're talking about here is, is, It's not just not losing, it's going out and figuring out ways to win with a flourish, win with, um, you know, more than just by a penalty, you know, like it's got to be like, things start to click, things start to work and go in their favor. Um, And I think they got to catch more than just a break in a game, you know, like getting a penalty uh, against Everton is not enough, like, and, and getting, getting a, a decent goal from um, the, from Lacazette who hasn't scored much recently and getting set up by Martinelli, which is great to see him back um, against Man City in a, in a a very tight vacuum. That is a great thing to be excited about to see Lacazette doing what he's supposed to be doing to see Martinelli come back and make an impact so quickly. But then it's dashed by, you know, pretty much an anonymous game from Lacazette after that and Martinelli getting injured and having, having to go off like two minutes into the second half. Like it's just indicative of how shitty this season has been. Like you one step forward, 10 steps back. Like we cannot get any momentum going, um, even with the small positives. Like they just don't seem to get anywhere with those small positives. And then like the other thing I can point to, it's like, um, you know, now, now we've got, uh, apparently Leno's got a small injury and that's why he wasn't involved in today's game. And that hurt, like I, that hurt us very obviously because it's another indicate the way the goalkeeper played today was another indication of really poor recruitment. Like I just, there's no other way to say it. I, I like, he might've had an off game, but there's nothing to say in his previous matches there's nothing that I've seen that said this guy is anywhere near pushing Burn Leno. So why are you taking a punt on this guy when you could be giving minutes to one of your youth players or something? Like if, if it's that far apart between Leno and Runerson, get like why spend the money? Why give him the minutes? Like there's gotta be better options out there for
1: I mean for I, I, the goalkeeper situation's kind of a, a weird one because we got in that situation. Uh, where we unexpectedly relied on Martinez, and he had just the most stellar of uh, <laughs> runs in the team, and we got into the, the situation where we our backup, who we kind of been counting on as being the backup, turned out to be a, a sellable asset, and we made the decision to to sell it to br- use that money probably to bring in, you know, a player like Party or something like that, you know, or William. Uh right. And so it, it it comes down to it was a gamble that I don't think is paying off. And again, I'm definitely willing to give Unarson a little bit more time. Like I one game it's 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 always hard to 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 make a snap judgment based on one game, you know, as especially cuz he is young as well. He looks young. But you're right. He doesn't. He doesn't look super confident when he's played in the Premier League. He looked fine in Europa League, but
0: it's a big leap to Man City, that's for yeah, sure.
1: Exactly, and and, and that's the
0: scary part. I think like if, even if you're going to bring in a guy that you're going to develop over time, I think you you shoot for somebody just with a little bit more quality or a little bit more potential. Like I just haven't seen anything about him so far that makes me think he's the, he's one for the future. It feels more like he's one that's going to fill in the slot until we can really invest in that position.
1: Yeah. And he, he basically came with the recommendation of our new goalkeeper coach and that's who coached him over in uh, France. And so that's kind of where that connection came from. And and we had the issue with our uh, Academy keeper. What's his name? I'm totally blanking on his name right now who really wanted to move. So, yeah, there's there's circumstances, but I think it, it goes back to looking at our ownership structure and our and ado and saying that these people have made grave mistakes, and now we're we're seeing the fruit of the grave mistakes.
0: Well, even before them, I mean, really, this goes back to Gazidis, and you know, some of the, some of these decisions are ancient, and we're still playing for them. Um, so it's not. It's not just the in in uh, or the lack of experience in our current um, setup, but it's also just poor decision making from people who should have known better. Like I, I, uh, the, I, I still rue the the way that Sven Misslintat was let go. I mean, when it comes down to it, when when Arsenal had to make a decision, and it's like kind of indicative of how they're playing on the field, that when they had to make tough decisions, they're making the wrong ones. And I think when you look back at um, whether we should have let Sven Mislintat Mislintat go or keep uh, Raul out it turned out we made them very much the wrong decision and probably could have avoided a situation like Pepe uh had we gone with Miss but hindsight being what it is, um I it's like they they made so many previous mistakes. I like, do you trust yourself to make decisions going forward? Like at some point maybe you, you gotta as owners. And I don't know that anybody of that level of like um wealth would ever look at themselves and think they did anything wrong. But um mm-hmm. I, I do wonder if you you have to be like, man, maybe the threat in all of this is us. Maybe we're the ones making the poor decisions.
1: <laughs> yeah. You know, if it walks like a duck and quacks like a duck.
0: Yeah, so I it, maybe they acknowledge, are acknowledging that by bringing in their... Um, Lawyer friend to be on the board. I'm uh, forgetting his name now. We're we are real bad at names and and actual information on the show. If you haven't noticed, <laughs> um,
1: internet's for man.
0: Yeah, you go look it up. Uh, but you know, just to have some some insight and outside expertise um, at the board level, at, maybe that's a positive. Maybe that's an acknowledgement that they don't know everything and need help. Um, but I think there's there's a need for that top to bottom. And like Edu needs help, Uh, Arteta needs help. Like there's, there just needs to be more experience and more uh, collective knowledge that's um, able to be passed around. Because right now you you just have this echo chamber of inexperience. Like Arteta doesn't know what he's doing. So he's asking Edu. Edu doesn't know what he's doing. So who's he asking? Uh, Vinay, who do you you go to that has actual um, experience at this level with another team? Like the, nobody has anything to draw upon. And that's really scary when you pretty much have very inexperienced, like the ownership acts like they're inexperienced, even though they've been doing this for, you know, 10 years or more with Arsenal. What, what, I think it was like 2007 they got involved or, or you know, mid two thousands. So they've had almost 15 years of experience in this. Um, What? But it, you wouldn't know it. Like It just seems like they... I, I don't know how they dig their way out of this without some outside help. Otherwise, I feel like they're just going to keep making the same mistakes. Like, I don't have a ton of hope that even if they had the money to go spend in the next transfer window, that they'd do the right thing.
1: I mean, I think there's a, there's a couple variables with the next transfer window which I know is coming up faster than we think um but uh, it teams who spend extravagantly in the transfer transfer window never turn out well anyways no. never, it almost never works out for you you just end up throwing money away usually the teams that are involved in this are the um, are teams that are used to being relegated the yo-yo teams or smaller teams and the the general bit of advice when you're you're struggling, and you're at the bottom end of the table. Is you you don't spend it in January, and because the the deals are generally worse than if you if you bought them in the summer, and then I mean, worst case you get relegated, but you can then reinvest that money that you saved in the January tr- transfer window to work your way back up. <laughs> Excuse me, that's generally the uh, uh, the advice. But Arsenal can't afford to do that, so they're in the, this very awkward situation of they have to spend a bunch of money that they probably already don't have, not only because they don't have it, but because uh, of this pandemic year. And if they do spend it, it's not going to be for (laughs) for worthwhile uh, investments.
0: Yeah. I mean that the, the availability of players in January is going to be one issue. Um, and then you're just, you're still saddled with a bunch of players that are dragging you down. Like, I don't see us being able to sell a lot of uh, players that we need to get rid of either. So, um, I think we, we'd we still have to wait until the summer to make any meaningful changes as far as getting rid of dead weight and so we can make room for m- more players. Um, so... And plus, we're we're looking to lose money on a lot of these guys. Whether it's we letting them go for free, or you know not being able to get get rid of them um, for a decent amount because they just look awful. Like I think anybody who had value has lost value in this run.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I just look at Mustafi and his injury uh, that took him out of being sold was just so untimely. Because yeah. He, he, he just d- gotten money for him, you know, and now he's I think back to his mean of fairly valueless in the transfer window
0: yeah and and even if you just cut ties and and let many of them go for free or um you know cut rates uh Arsenal's just gonna take a bath. there's just so many bad investments in this team i I think like I was thinking about how William and Louise feel like um driftwood that we grabbed onto after, a boat, after a, a sinking, trying to save ourselves from the sinking ship. And, you know, they, they'll keep us afloat in, in, for a short amount of time. And, but there's, there's no, there's no way back with them. Like there's, we're not going to gain anything. They're not going to save this team. Um, they're just going to keep the team afloat and there's no sell on, you know, there's no value in them long-term. Um, they're, going. they're depreciating every single day and they're taking up slots from players that need more minutes and more exposure. And, um, I think more William in this case, just not contributing to the team at all. And, and you look at the, the, the things that some of these younger players can bring and it's like, it, William doesn't even have that in his playbook anymore.
1: Yeah, and I mean uh, Charles Allison brings up a good question, kind of along these lines, which is, uh, given the probability of losing this game, regardless of our team selection and the relative low importance of the Caribou Cup versus the league, should we have given more opportunity to some of our young players rather than sticking with some of the older players?
0: I think this should, uh, and I I keep—I think I said this even before the season began. um, Arsenal's strategy should be playing as many. Youth players and going out and getting as many young prospects as they can. like I, I, rather than spending big wages on some of these guys, like like William, you could get two two to three young players that that could contribute. like have a rotation of guys that can do what William does sometimes. Like I, I again, it's hard to compare because I, I just don't really see what William's bringing. but I'd rather the potential of a young player either from our academy, or that we went out and got that had the, the potential to either be a big star like a diamond in the rough like Saka or Martinelli, or you you go and and just get them up to an awobi level where they have some sellable value. They don't have to be breakout stars. They just have to be not Mustafi. You know, <laughs> like don't don't go out there and lose value every time you get on the field. Like just look like you're a valuable Premier League player and Arsenal can can stop losing money. Like I just feel like they're dumping money into aged players and it's losing proposition. Like it, it, you nobody over the age of 30 is producing for this team. Period. It's just not happening. Like I can't look at anybody over <laughs> 30 or above on this team that's doing anything. And I it makes you think Arsene Wenger had it absolutely right. Do not sign players over 30. Yeah. And especially don't do it for more than a year.
1: Exactly. Like I'm, 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 I've always been in favor of that, uh, that policy by ours, and, and it, it is things like you know I'm so over Ceballos right now that I think Smith Rowe should be just starting over Like mm-hmm. You know, we saw it again today. Uh, I'm, I, I, I see where his Cibios's mind is going. I see the passes he's trying to make, but it's just not coming off or i'm like there's a pass today where he literally hit the backside of uh was it maitland niles i forget who he hit the, like <laughs> he just literally hit the player running from behind instead of where the ball should have gone and it's just it's it's frustrating and you know i saliba like how bad does that guy have to be doing in practice to not even get like a sniff of a game
0: that situation is so bizarre like i it's like they've, they've set their minds to putting him out on loan and decided that he's not good enough. And there's no bad play by the people around him that nobody could play bad enough to justify bringing Saliba in, apparently, because they've made up their minds. Like, that's what it feels like.
1: Well, and, and, and this is a name I promise not to utter, or I promise not to utter again, but it makes me reevaluate how the team is dealing with the Zul situation. You know, because if it's one player, it probably is the player. Like if there's, you know, like it, 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 there's a good history with uh, Azul. but it's it's also you know, uh, uh, why who we've had issues with, it's Saliba, who we're having issues with. Like, what's going on with these players that are getting completely ostracized from the team? And you know, and with Saliba, he's just I. Has he, he started one game with us? Has he started a game with us? I'm trying to nothing.
0: Remember. Not at all. I yeah. mean U-23, so that's it.
1: And um, from the U23 report, it didn't sound like it's not like he gave up a red card or gave, got a red card and like scored three own goals. Like it, it's just crazy to me. And and you're talking about value. His value must be plummeting right now.
0: Right. I, I think he's got time. I, I'm not like panic stations about Saliba per se. I am like concerned about players we are playing instead, I guess. Like I, I I we have plenty of center backs. I'm less worried about Saliba getting time right away since he is just nineteen. I am concerned about like Pablo Marie. Like where the heck is that guy? Um you know that it I'd play anybody but Mustafi at this point. I'd play anybody but Kolasinac. I'd play Anybody but William. Like, these are guys that do not have enough to offer to be above our youth players or younger players that need minutes and experience. And if you don't care, I mean, if if you're feeling like it's okay to play those guys in the Care About Cup, then you really shouldn't care if you play young players. If you're going to play Runnerson, then you should be playing some of our young players. Like it's, yeah, I mean, like- it's, it's inconsistent policy, whatever it is. And yeah. if it's all based on merit, like, like what they're doing in practice, I cannot believe that Mustafi and Kolasinac are lighting up the practice field above some of these other guys. I just can't believe it. There's no way. And yeah, it, I mean- if, you, if you go out and you're having a great practice and you, ha- and you shit the bed when you get to the games, There should be accountability for that. Like, if 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 that's if Williams is just amazing in practice and he goes out and has the same consistent crap play every week, something isn't adding up. He might just be a bad player. Like, (laughs) it it might just be that. Like, practice or whatever it is, whatever the indicators are. um, I I don't know what Arteta is seeing that we're not seeing.
1: Yeah, and it's. With not with the Caribou Cup, it's it's not like I really cared whether we stayed in the Caribou Cup. To be honest, like, I'd rather right now to go out of a lot of competition so we can focus on the league. That's sure. where most of my worries are. But you know, Charles Allison brings up a good point that this is the perfect time to to be playing those younger players. Uh, I mean, we do it in the uh, Europa League, and so like just. I don't know, like, why not just throw out all the the youth that we have and just give them some minutes against some good Premier League-style players so you can actually make some evaluations of how they would do in the Premier League, you know?
0: And I think, like, the playing some of these younger players in Europa League consistently, and I think we played even more young players in previous years than we did this year. I think Arteta's lineups tended to be a bit stronger um, even though there are some younger players sprinkled in, but the the benefit is like you you do have guys that get consistency of play these younger guys really like the the willicks, the Sokas would not be in the first team if they didn't have the experience of Europa league um and And so I think like you strengthen the team as a whole when you can give uh everybody as many minutes as possible and um keeping some of these guys off the field like it only it, it's hurting us in multiple ways. Like it, it, we could be developing the the team for next year. Really. If you're, if you're, if you're planning on just doing enough to stay up and you're building for the future, which kind of feels like where Arsenal's at right now. Like I, I don't see any uh, indication that we're going to suddenly make the top four or five. So I, I think you're, you're looking at just staying up and, and building for that three year, um, I think Arteta's goal is champions league in three years. So if that's the project and you're tossing this, this year aside, which let's, let's just say they, they have decided they're going to plan for next year and the year after. Um, then you absolutely need to use this time to develop those players, whether you're going to sell them off or build your team around those, that the youth, um, now is the time to get get them some minutes and some consistency. Like I, the the tinkering and stuff is is all fine when they're you're getting somewhere, but at this point, all the tinkering doesn't matter. Just get get some um, cohesion going. Like get some lineups that um, are the same. You know, like I I I would like to see like a a true A squad and B squad, and just let the young players take that B squad position and keep the same lineup as much as possible in that a squad. Um, I know that like with red cards and injuries, that's, that's a challenge, but you should be able to do it the same, like same formation every week. Uh, Well, tactically similar formations every week, guys playing similar roles and just learning what is expected so that they aren't getting swapped around and confused and not, you know, just, I think some of this is, um, confusion just permeating the team like they just don't seem like they know what to do um like they they generally get look more solid than they used to um under emery but you know i i still don't feel like there's identity to the point where each player knows what this team is about and goes out on the field and does what's expected of them. Like it's, I cannot say what is expected of them. What are they supposed to do when um, it seems very unclear what the tactics are going forward. So it's like, it would be nice to see some consistency. It would be nice to be, see some general player development happening um, and just overall accountability, like play the best players available and play the guys that seem hungry. William is not that. That's yeah. for
1: sure. And when you say the word confusion, it is something that's permeating from like top down. And I think we touched on it a little bit earlier. And I think that's what scares me the most about the team right now is it just doesn't. I think we all looked for Arteta to come in and create the clear direction,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: it felt like <laughs> when he first came, that was the case. And you know that's why when we lost to Chelsea in his uh, early on in his career we were very willing to be like, okay, that's, uh, you know, this is all learning process, but it felt like we had a strong direction. But since really the, not the start of the season, but maybe October, really Mm -hmm. since October, just really felt like there isn't a clear direction there just on the field. We don't have a captain that's really stamping the authority on the game. And it just doesn't feel like off the pitch. We have that authority that, that, that person saying, Hey, Look, this is where we're going, and this is what we're doing.
0: Yeah, and, and it, it, in the absence of a strong on-field personality, I think it's incumbent on on Arteta to really um, put the the players on there on the field that are buying into what he's trying to do, um, who are bringing energy. I think he has to it's kind of the positive reinforcement thing. Like if you, if they're, if they're coming out and showing that they want to play, that should be the deciding, the deciding factor right now, because there are plenty of guys out there who do not look like they want to play. Like they just aren't, it's not in their actions. And if it's, and if you need somebody to, um, constantly tell you what you need to be doing or to constantly trying to, um, push you forward and give you that energy. Like we need players right now who are gonna be the the self-sustaining type that don't don't need that because right now it, it's hard to come by. I don't think anybody um is really feeling super confident. So I feel like there's there's gotta be some desire in these players to pull themselves out of this and not rely on anybody else to do it for them. Like I think there there is something to um the strong independent spirit that just says, okay, I'm going to take this game on my back and I'm just going to make things happen. And I see like, it, it is interesting to see Martinelli come in and maybe he hasn't been dragged down by this run of form. So it seems like he's just, he he's come in and, and been a spark um, and, and playing with confidence. Like the, the cross, he had two opportunities at a cross today within rapid succession and both of them, um, you know, he just, looked like he wanted it more than the, the defender and wanted it you know, clearly wanted it more than anybody else on the field. Um, and that desire just has not been in this team. And so it, it's so refreshing to see it. And so, and and we just need more of that from these players, like guys that are willing to, um, pick their chin up and, and keep going. And, and I see a lot of hanging heads. I see a lot of walking, um, mm-hmm. I get that this team is going through a rough time, but if Arteta can't get it out of them, if um, Obama Yang isn't that type of captain to rah-rah the team into um, <laughs> playing better, I think there has to be some desire from the individuals to push their way out of this. And if there's if there's a group of guys, if there's people that aren't doing that at this point, get them out. Like, just get out of the way. I, I, I'm just, I'm sick of seeing it week after week. It's the same people kind of just hanging their heads and just looking like they're not into it. And we, we just can't have that right now. That's how you get relegated. If you have a team of people who are not into it.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, like, really, it was seeing uh, Martinelli today was, was refreshing and it's been soccer and it's been Tyranny. And those are the the players that I've really only only players I've really seen that have really just gone forward and kept their heads up and consistently tried. And the and so I and I think you know you look at Saka and you look at Martinelli. The thing they have in common is they're younger players. They're 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 hungry for the minutes. They're they're fighting to stay on the team. And that's I think what we need to be looking towards is 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 playing those young players because they're hungry.
0: And I thought um, Emile Smith-Rowe, when he came in later in the game today, had that same desire. Like he was doing stuff that we're not seeing even attempted in the Premier League. So uh, it, give the youth a chance. I think that's what it all comes back to. Um, give the youth a chance. Give players who want to play the minutes. Because right now we have nothing to lose. And yeah. and I, I don't care if it's like, oh, well, William plays... Um, consistent football, you know, like it, it, at least you know what to expect from him. He's not the, he's not going to have the highest highs, but he's not going to have low lows either. Well, great. But m- the mediocre thing, this consistently not doing anything really to uh, impact the game. I'd rather have a, a player who's, who makes mistakes, but also has moments, of uh inspiration, you know, I feel like they i'd rather have somebody who has the extremes that can shake things up than somebody who's constantly mediocre and has no no real involvement in the game
1: yeah I mean there's mediocre and then there's me and having no impact, and that's the thing with William is that he just doesn't have impact on the game in general and and I get to a certain extent why our Ted putting him in because he he's a veteran player. <laughs> It's a, uh, you know, it's a, it's a quote unquote safe move, but I just, uh, at this point, I, uh, there's no reason for him to be starting any games. And every time I see him on the start list, I just, I feel like it's almost like starting with a red card anyways.
0: At least he's not prone to that. I mean, he's, <laughs> he's not a fouler, so that's good. But that that would mean he's actually playing defense, or you know, like he's not really doing anything that puts him in danger of being in that position, and, yeah, and uh, he's
1: not getting any tackles. So he is, it's hard. It is pretty hard to get a red card if you're not doing any tackles. So
0: yeah, it's hard to score when you're not shooting. So it's the same thing on either end. He's just not doing anything. Um, but I think we, we let's let's I think we should take a break. I'm going to say that. I think we've we've talked a lot more than I thought we would. So let's take a, a quick break. And when we come back, we've got a few more questions from our listeners here. So uh, take a break with us and we'll be right back. All right. Welcome back from the break. Uh, we've got a few more questions from you this week and thank you to everybody who sent us questions. We always appreciate that. Um, (laughs) I keep saying like, it's hard to keep talking about losses. So it's good to hear, uh, from you guys, what you're feeling like listening to us talk about or what, what's worrying you or what's got you excited. I know there's not that much to be excited about, but anything like that to help us keep going when times are tough. Um, so th- let's get to our first question here. Uh, Avi Epstein, uh, where are we going to hear from Cronky Stan or Josh or the board or Vinay, Edu, anybody <laughs> apologies if I'm mistaken, but is anyone going to comment on the month long train wreck we are witnessing? Um, what do you think Tim? Is that, it, it, are you, <laughs> do you have any hope that somebody will say anything other than Arteta?
1: I mean, I think obvious hit the nail on the head here, and I think it's it's something that is just glaring right now. Is that the you know as we were talking speaking about earlier, there's there's been a lack of direction and a lack of people taking up the mantle, and I think a lot of the criticism thrown at Arteta is really misplaced criticism that should be going towards the board, and I think poor Arteta is being the scapegoat for a lot of the the ownership the board the people who are actually making some of these decisions and i i actually genuinely feel bad for Ateta because he's just acting as a lightning rod and he's being the the mouthpiece i know he he took up the position of what was it he manager i forget the exact position he took up or
0: yeah earlier. i think manager's the main title and so he
1: Takes up a little bit more responsibility, but I mean, I mean, adu has to speak up, and Vinay have to speak up and talk a little bit about what their vision is going forward. What 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 do they see as solving this problem, or are they just happy with the team state right now? Which I can't imagine they are.
0: Yeah, I think there's been a lot of talk of um, you know, I, or at least the the word was that adu and and the board were behind Arteta and not um i understand that this is a long-term project which is good i think they've they've um hinted at that enough but you know that's also the thing you say even if you're going to fire your coach like i feel like that that's famous last words like it, it it can go either way no matter what they say um i i still don't think it's smart to try to reboot this team while they're heading towards relegation i just I mean, maybe you cut, bring somebody in and you get that an, enough of a bump to pull yourself out of a relegation battle. But um, man, I, I, I don't think we're there yet. I think you we we said before, like Arteta definitely does need time. But I think, like you said, like he's a lightning rod, and I think they could take some of the pressure off of him by saying something to the effect of uh, that we understand. Um, this is a long-term project and we're going to back our, our, our manager. You know, I think that, that sort of thing, maybe they're just kind of waiting to see how the um, market plays out before making any commitments. But I, I think the verbal commitment that they're going to try to, to write the ship here with, with our it, it would be a, a good s- sign of solidarity, it, like actually backing their, their manager up. Um, verbally as well as financially would be a good thing and uh i i think right now it, it, you have to spark some belief in the fan base and, and e- even those sorts of announcements like saying they're going to try to spend money in this window would would maybe it, ignite some um some sort of spark on the team too like at least to say hey we understand that there's players here that are not living up to, to the Arsenal standard and we're we're willing to move people on to get this team right. Like say something like that, get the team fired up. Um, I think they just tiptoe around a little too much and they're trying to be a little too proper. Um, like come out and say, it's not good enough. Mm-hmm. Like maybe that'll get some of these players to think, Hey, maybe they'll bring somebody in that will replace me. Like yeah. if you're not, if, if the competition is not there within the the organization right now, threaten to go out and get it for any position that is not living up to the standard of Arsenal and make these guys think about whether they're, they're living up to the standard of that arsenal has set out. Um, I think that sort of pressure can help some players. And if, if some players are crushed by that, I, I, they might not be for Arsenal. (laughs) So maybe that's a sign we should move on from them anyway.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I I also wonder how much with the year playing out the, the way it is right now, I feel like distance is further than it has felt in in many, many a year. So I wonder if the Cronkies cronkies the Kronkeys, being absentee owners and being you know on this side of the uh, the pond, as it were, and really having their focus on you know the Rams, their uh, their other American sports team, that the they're kind of just letting our Ars- arsenal kind of flap in the wind a little bit that it's it's easy for them to kind of shut it off they're not going to games obviously uh and they can just ignore it and just see the uh the the reports coming in as it were
0: well it's certainly easier to ignore when you don't have fans in the stadium booing players and and you know flying planes over the stadium with like cronky out banners um so there's certainly a f- a lot less pressure than they probably normally would feel with, with more fan involvement. So, um, I think it is, is easier for them to shut it off, especially like, like you said, when they're not over here or not over there, um, as often if at all. So it's easy to even avoid the news, um, when it's not in your face all the time. But I, 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 think some words need to be said something to just get it get something happening like there needs to be a shake up it seems like nothing's there's some stagnation and some um kind of a at least from the fan perspective there's this feeling like yeah we're going to lose to chelsea and we're probably going to lose more games because nothing is changing like there, <laughs> there needs to be something to shake things up i mean even arteta kind of sounds like a broken record at this point
1: point. Yeah, and and that's the thing is like it, it, the one thing that the crunkies, I, I'm I'm glad in some respects that they're they tend to be hands off, so they're not trying to dictate you know who should our to pick and be that type of ownership. But the one thing owners are, they are the last you know stop of responsibility. And you know if you and I were at our uh, our jobs, and you know we make a mistake, it's not like we're going to get fired instantly, but we're definitely going to have a talking to you by our bosses. And if the mistakes continue there's definitely going to be some rearranging, you know.
0: Yeah, it feels like a lot of the dis- disciplinary things and, you know, some of these issues get taken out, you know, taken care of behind the scenes or in a, it's it's very much the Arsenal way to do things just um quietly, and away from public view. But I I think at some point this ownership needs to understand that we as fans need some interaction to make sure we don't lose our minds. Like I think acknowledgement that they see it too. Like I think that's the frustration is like when Arteta plays players that seemingly don't deserve it. Like how are you not seeing what we're seeing? And when you've got a team of a a bunch of those players who we've had for years and and you got to look at the ownership and go, how are you not seeing what we're seeing? Like this is not right. This is not okay. And maybe they know it, but it, unless they say so, we're all just thinking they're nuts. Like, how can they? How can they not see this and fix it? Like, if they're not going to talk about it, then they have to do it with their actions. And if they aren't able to move these guys on, then say so. Like, we understand this isn't good enough. is is a big admission and 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 uh, something that fans can latch onto and say, okay, they get it. And and. Everybody can understand that this market is is tough and that we have players that are tough to move on. But unless the ownership says, we get it too, we're all just scratching our heads going, are they going to do something about it? Do they see it yet? Like wondering where they stand. And that's, that's very frustrating um, and concerning. So I, I feel like they could alleviate a lot of the stress by just acknowledging what we're all seeing.
1: Exactly. Just transparency, and I know you mentioned it that it's not transparency isn't necessarily the Arsenal way, and we we haven't been blessed with that before. But just I don't know, just a a, a little bit from the current keys, going like, hey, we see this going on, we're on it, we're going to do every like, even if it's just BS corporate speech, just like a little bit of like, hey, we understand this is happening, you know that it's 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 not acceptable that this isn't the expectations for us and all you know
0: but i don't think you can just say that and not have some sort of plan in place like i i think you have to say that and be like we see things are going wrong we still believe in arteta we don't think he's the reason for this And we acknowledge that we've made some, sign. I don't know if they would acknowledge that they made poor signings, but you know, like acknowledge that they need to go out and sign people to make this work would be a good um, indicator that both they understand the problem and they're, they're backing Arteta. Like, I think those are, those are things that they should convey and get everybody on the same page.
1: Yeah. And, and well, speaking of uh, signings and players and transfers, Jonathan King uh, Moniz, uh asks uh, there were rumors that we were tried selling some big names. Were those rumors false or are we just that bad at negotiation?
0: Uh, I get that the, the players that we have are pretty crap and they're on big wages. And. They're in funky points in their contracts. So getting rid of players is going to be tough. Like it's going to be some, like I said, I think we got to cut cut the prices down so we can just get them off the books or let guys go for free if we have to. Like um, Socrates, who isn't even, you know, isn't worth that much probably and, and isn't going to cr- crack this team this season. Just let him go. Um, I think Ozil you still try to get something back for him. He's he's too valuable even if you're not using him to just let go for free. But you know, if they did let him go for free, I don't think I would care that much. So, um I think it would be frustrating and it would be a uh, a black mark on on a pretty poor track record recently, but um pretty much a foregone conclusion that he's not going to play for Arsenal. So, Get him off the books at the very least, if that's what it takes. Um, yeah, I think like there, there's a lot of guys that are in just tough situations, and I, I like I said, you're not going to get something back for Louise. He's he's going to walk whenever his contract is done. Uh, you're not getting anything for. Actually, you know, I still hold out hope that William has some value to another another lesser league somewhere. I feel like he could potentially move on before his contract is up but they better do it sooner than later like i i can't see going past this season with that player on the books i'd just be ridiculous
1: i mean we do have two more years with him
0: yeah i mean that's just crazy they've got to move him on as soon as possible but a lot of this is also you got to find quality players to fill in for these guys like making room in the roster making room in the salary um uh you know making finding ways to get transfer money from some sort of sale uh whether that be from ownership or from moving players on you've got to start building back up the the war chest again um and maybe some of that salary money goes back into the war chest and, and they're able to scrounge up something but you can't you can't do a ton of outgoing without bringing in a couple guys to reinforce this team it's clear that there's needs um so They've got to find a way to get get people in, and so I, I it's going to be a tough a tough window to have high expectations. I, I really don't. I think if we get one good player, I'd be happy, and if we could get a couple guys off the books, I'd be happy. Um, but I really, I, I don't have high expectations. Yeah, and I mean, specifically
1: getting to Jonathan's question, I I, I think we are that bad at at business right now. I have not seen any smart business been done since we signed uh, Aubameyang the first time. That's the last time I feel like we, I guess, tyranny, but it, tyranny and Gabriel maybe are smart businesses. We'll, we'll, time will tell, I guess, a little bit more on that, but I see a lot more misses and a lot more whiffs and inability to move on players. I think it'll be interesting to see what happens when they get getting doozy because I watched a lot of Bundesliga and I've seen a couple of the uh, Union Berlin games that he's, he's played. And he's actually looked pretty good for Union. So there's hopeful that there's some value there, whether it is with uh, Union or another Bundesliga team that will pick him up. Because we still have him on contract for a few years as well. I think it was three uh, last time I checked. But... Uh, Sounds about right. So there's some value there. And there and there, there is some value in the team. I think... Some of these younger players, we probably need to move on, need to make a decision about whether they're going to be starters for Arsenal or we need to move on and get the value for them, you know. And it might be the case that, you know, it. it's better to sell Enkedia than to, to to hold on to him uh, just because he ha- he'll have some sort of value somewhere that we can reinvest the money, you know.
0: Are you are you aware of the rumors I'm I'm not specific about specific players I mean I know that there was um rumors of Lacazette moving on um but I'm trying to think of anybody else that jumps out that we w- might might be trying to move on that's a big name
1: no uh, I mean I don't I don't pay attention a ton to rumors cuz and <laughs> I always have the the thing of until I see it announced by arsenal.com the rumors tend to be a lot of smoke with very little fire uh and depending on the which agent is working on it and all that um i could definitely see Lacazette moving on but i could have seen them move last window as well and i thought it's kind of curious that we still actually held on to him um but yeah i haven't heard any of the other big names i mean i know
0: they convinced jaka to stay he might be another one <laughs> Yeah, Jacques i mean i i could i could get rid of either one of those guys and be okay
1: yeah especially Jacques right now i mean to be honest, I bet you there's some value in, uh, in Obamiang still at some point. I don't know how much value, but I bet you there would be someone interested in buying him if we wanted to try to move in a different direction. But I haven't seen any rumors.
0: He's perfect for MLS. Yeah, be for
1: <laughs> <laughs> he would destroy MLS. It would be so lovely to see him in MLS.
0: Yeah. Well, we see, but we've seen guys come in and destroy that you would expect, and some guys just flounder in the league. So, you know, it's not a guarantee.
1: It's not a guarantee, but I think in general, the strikers who come over tend to fare well. It's it's the that type of midfielder that tends not to do well in the MLS. Like I'm looking at Steven Gerrard and those kind of slower midfields that are a little bit more skill and not used to getting heavy tackles.
0: Mm-hmm. Um. Okay. Well, I I've, if we could move a bit like one big player out, if we could get find buyers and make money that we could reinvest, I'd be okay. I think we would survive because honestly they're not contributing right now. So
1: Exactly. I mean, it can't can't, the you money can't do it to take a, a a gamble on somebody else at this point.
0: Right. Just don't go out and find some more aging stars. Like I just it's not working. I'd rather take a chance on somebody with a lesser name than somebody I know. Yeah. Or two or three of those guys.
1: Yeah. And, I mean, but God, and I know we're going to have many an episode about the transfer window, but God knows what the transfer window is going to look like.
0: We're going to get linked with everybody because Lord knows any, <laughs> any position we could improve upon right now.
1: Yeah. Um, and we just have one more question, I think, that can wrap it up, and I think it's a good, good wrap-up question, which is from Tim uh, Widome, which is a good shout out to Tim. I miss uh, seeing him at Sounders games, but uh, when will the nightmare end?
0: Yeah, what gets us out of this? I think A, win one game. B win more games. <laughs> like I'm not expecting everything to be a win, but just you, you got to start getting more, more hits than misses here. And even if it's like, okay, we're going to get, we're going to string together a couple draws, maybe get a win, maybe a loss, like just start having more positives than negatives. The, this string of losses is it's just gets harder and harder to dig out of. So the, the nightmare is just the continual spiral. How it ends is just winning game, a a game maybe two two out of three, or you know like string string something together. It can't just be like a a blip where you won one game. That's not going to be it. It's going to be you you you'll see the momentum shift, and that that's when the nightmare starts to end for me.
1: Yeah, and and luckily, or not, I may eat these words, but after the Chelsea game, there are definitely a string of very winnable games coming up. We have uh, Brighton. We were just below us in the table, uh, and it's, it's it's not to say that these games are going to be walkovers. We we proved that with Burnley, but it I I would expect we could. There's a way we can win the Brighton game. We have West Brom coming up, which again is a game that we should be able to find a way to win. There's Newcastle coming up, who have been up and down in form, but is a winnable game. Then Palace, then Newcastle again. Uh, in those games, we should be able to find some sort of form, whether it's several draws and a couple wins, one win, mini draws. Like there, If we can't find form in those games, it's going to be a very difficult time. So I'm hoping the nightmare, there's a window for the nightmare to, or at least the first part of the nightmare, to end in this upcoming string of games this January, I guess would be the the, the best way to put it.
0: Yeah, it does look like January is going to be the turnaround time because, like, I, Chelsea, you know, we're, I don't think anybody's holding out hope for that game this week. But, um, you know, from Brighton on through to Southampton on the 26th of January, um, you know, if they could find a way to turn their form around in that, in that, uh, run of six games, it, it's going to look a lot better when they get to, uh, man united at um, on the 30th um
1: and i think at least
0: get two or three wins in there
1: i recommend not looking forward to february because that is a very frightening month so i think the best time for this nightmare to end is right now in january
0: (laughs) yeah get get out of december write the ship in january go out and get some players and and hope that you can get things turned around (laughs)
1: Because February is gonna, it, it just looks like a tough, tough month. So, especially if you were in the same type of form we're in now, it's going to be very, uh, very difficult to face some of those teams in February,
0: including Benfica in the yeah. Europa League. Exactly.
1: I mean, February is Wolves, Villa, Leeds, Benfica, City, Benfica, Leicester.
0: God. Okay. Yeah. January's the nightmare has to end in January. That's it. Um, yeah.
1: go ahead. I was just saying about that.
0: <laughs> yeah, the yeah. <laughs> so Chelsea this weekend uh post well, I guess Boxing Day uh match with Chelsea. Um I mm, I don't know if Aubameyang is going to be back. He's supposedly got a calf injury that could be week or week or so before he's back. Uh was the original prognosis who knows and and same with Martinelli he's back injured again after this game so who knows when he makes it back uh I haven't seen a prognosis on party yet when he's going to be back we need to get healthier we need to get just need to get going like it, it just needs to turn or turn around. I don't feel like Chelsea's the the turnaround game, but hey, if you win against Chelsea, think of what a uh, confidence boost that would be. So, yeah. this would be a time to pull out a fluke win.
1: I would, I would love to see a win. I mean, it's always that heart versus head type of thing. Uh huh. Arsenal's going to win every game five nil, but <laughs> there's definitely then they start knack- playing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's going to be a nagging in the back of my head. I mean, this has Giroud scoring a winner all over it. I think I saw that somewhere online, and yeah, I 100% agree that
0: it's inevitable. It's inevitable. Um, do you want to do you want to do the fantasy rundown before we wrap things up for this week? Yeah,
1: just a quick rundown. i my my week was pretty all right. It wasn't great, but it's better with 51. You got a uh, 43. Seems to be right around your average.
0: Yeah, that sounds right. That checks um,
1: out. I, I think the, the big thing I did is like basically I pulled every Arsenal player out of my fantasy league team. I'm still I think running it's team. Time. I, I I feel like I can't not run an Arsenal player, but it's I I I am having harder and harder times justifying their spots on my fantasy team. So uh Omkar is still on top. Uh but uh Grinelli is closing in on him. I think he's forty points out with plenty of the season left to go so there might be a you know a race for the 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 top right now
0: well i'm racing i'm racing towards the bottom <laughs> <laughs> i'm 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 trying to just hold hold it down apparently you
1: know you are so not far away from not being bottom you are uh, what is it 8 points away from uh, second to bottom and Twelve points away from third from bottom. You could almost, you could, you could realistically get out of relegation territory.
0: All right, that's my new mission. Just don't finish at the bottom. Yeah. All right. Well, um, I think that's pretty much much it for us this week. I'm always surprised at how much we can actually talk when things seem so grim. Like every time, I'm like, ah, it's gonna be a short episode. We got nothing to say. (laughs) I don't even want to talk about these games. And then here we are, another almost an hour and 20 minutes again. Um, So thank you for sticking with us through all this. Uh, I know it's tough to listen to a podcast talk about so much negativity, but we're still looking for the bright side. I'm still hopeful that things will turn around. There's always January. That's our that's our hope right now. Um, So thank you for sticking with us. Thank you for joining us for this episode. Uh, if you want to be like our great contributors this week um, and send us a question, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, London at gmail.com is, is a great way to get a hold of us. Or you can follow us on Twitter. We are at W of N London. And uh, if you want to send us your questions on Twitter, that's great too. Like us, follow us. Make sure you're subscribed wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, we'd love to get more of you subscribed so that we can... Um, get those numbers up and even better yet if you are already subscribed and, and want to help us out leave us a review tell other people how much you like what you've heard and that's a, a, another great way to um, help us grow the, pot, the podcast here and uh, if you like the theme song uh, check out Bobcat they're at bobc.at go check out their website to hear their most recent album No Course to Follow I am going to say that's it for us this week. And as always, see you at the next gun show.